Once again, Mike, Mike, and Oscar. I'm your co-host, Mike One. Co-host also, Mike, is here as well. We're doing Oscar non-predictions today. I feel more hopeless than I do most years where I'm very wrong about this. And to take you guys behind the curtain, this is actually our second take on the opening <laughs> of the episode. We literally cracked up in the first uh-huh. take. Like, we're just giggling and uh-huh. maniacal, maniacal laughter. It was just inside jokes and guffaws. Right. And... Uh, That is the state of our... That's what I'm doing now. Uh, Every episode, I open with our state of minds. And it's (laughs) usually... It's usually a bad idea, I know. (laughs) But I'm trying to give the listener a sense of where we're at, where our head's at. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Remember that stupid song, Where's Your Head At? Remember that with the the monkeys in the music video? Who sang that? Oh, come on, man. Come on, it was your favorite song. You couldn't come up with a beautiful mind in the first <laughs> beginning. You're sticking this on me? Russell Crowe and all the beauty in the bloodshed, 2000 Best Picture winner. Yeah, no. I, I, I have no idea who's... I know the... Where's your head? Yes. And then it was... Where's your head at? That's the Terrible song. song. And then Awful. here's your Billboard Top 100. It was good, good for one listen. And then Boy, by the... the 90s were a time. By the second listen, we hated it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why are we here? <laughs> BAFTA <and> film <laughs> nominations and uh, Oscar nomination predictions. Uh, I this feel is like be I did. Yeah, I feel like I did less intensive research than I usually do. But mm-hmm. I, it doesn't matter. Like I just, I never feel good about. That. I, I know. I told you already. I'm going to change these on the fly. I, I can feel it in my bones already right. and all. I don't blame you. Mm. I also may do the same. I don't know. Mm. I will say this much. Don't expect like outlandish predictions from me, though. I'm much less the gambler. I kind of go with the resumes. I try to be conservative in my predictions. Uh, you, on the other hand, have a long tradition of being like the Charlie from It's Always Sunny on the board with the web and like the serial murderer. Let me talk wall. to you about the mail, Mike. Can I talk to you about the mail? I've been dying to talk to you all day about the mail. <laughs> You're usually that guy, and I am mm-hmm. very surprised that your predictions, at least on paper, they're more like my boring ass, yeah, you know, nearly a forty year old man's conservative you, level prediction. Well, because I'm tired of being so wrong, so I either want to be right for a change, or I want to drag you down with me. <laughs> You're thinking your mush is yeah. going to put me in the same bathroom, exactly. Exactly. I don't. I have no idea. I, I told you. I felt like at the end of this, when I was getting towards the the bottom of the card, I'm just listing the same like six and seven movies over and. I have the Batman nominated fifteen times on my card. Is that a lot? Is that too many? <laughs> you texted me. I almost slipped in the shower because <laughs> I'm walking into the shower as you text me, and I got a podcast going on my phone. And then yeah, you're like, "Is that too much?" <laughs> I almost slipped. Died. That's, that's where I'm at. So yeah, we'll we'll talk about BAFTA noms. Those those will obviously have a role to play in our predictions. Oscar noms come out when, Michael? Tuesday? Can, can we just go back? Wouldn't that be the dumbest way? Yeah, Tuesday. But wouldn't that be the dumbest way to die? How did he die? How did he well, die? He from slipped. His podcast co-host. His podcast co-host texted him a Batman joke. <laughs> it's also an Oscar nominations joke, and he slipped. A 
died. It's the most niche death in the history of death. <laughs> <laughs> this is the tone you're getting. By the way, we're not restarting again. No, we're this not. Is it. <laughs> we should. We should. We absolutely should, but we're not. <laughs> yeah, we're we're punchy because we're not. Ha- we know how this is. Go- we know where this is ending up. Oh, we went sixty for one hundred and twenty. That's fifty. No, we haven't done that. We do. We've gone like ninety for one hundred and twenty. We, we, yeah, that's not happening this year. Seventy-five <laughs> percent. It's passing. No, I beat Feinberg last year. I'm gonna. Yeah, you, you were great. You have a history. You have this weird history, both in predicting noms and predicting the winners mm. of of the Oscars specifically. You, you're very, very good. Uh, I, look, I, I am much less good. Look, but you're very, very good. I'm a fraud though, because I basically copied Feinberg and then I tweaked things with like the knowledge of an extra day last year. I think is what happened. Right, you take his possibility and you swap it out for his number five, and that's it. Yeah, that's probably what I did. No, and I'm not going to lie. I probably did the same thing this year. That's <laughs> uh, He put his out on Monday of the week. We're putting ours out on Friday of the right. week, or Saturday. We're the real experts here. You can tell by this tone we beat of voice him. that we've had we finally for the first did it. ten minutes. We did it. We beat him. <laughs> All right, let's dive into this mess. Mm-hmm. Talk about Best Picture. What uh, what was nominated at Best Picture at the BAFTAs, Michael? Right. All Quiet on the Western Front was the huge surprise. I I would say at least for me, not for to you. you. Yeah. To, I, I mean, I, I I don't know why you're so slow on the uptake here with how good that movie is. That's that's the most surprising part to me. I'm slow on the uptake because the international feature category has not been louding it the same way. BAFTAs went nuts for All Quiet on the Western Front because it's a a German movie about pacifism, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) They're historically known for that, obviously. The Germans made an (laughs) anti-war film. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, 14 BAFTA noms total, which I think, did that match their long lists or was there 16? Anyway, we didn't go that deep. I think they were four. I think 14 was the long list as well. They went 14 for 14 on the long list. So here Mm -hmm. I am like, well, it's just a long list. It's not a nomination. Now they went 14 for 14. So that's absurd. All Quiet on the Western Front getting this best film nomination, along with the Banshees of Inishera, which got 10 BAFTA noms, Elvis, nine BAFTA noms, Everything Everywhere All at Once, also 10 BAFTA noms, and Tar which got five BAFTA noms, and coincidentally, those were the five leading tally getters on the day for BAFTA. Otherwise, there was a bunch with four, Michael, a bunch with three, and a bunch with two. After Sun, Batman, Good Luck to You, Leo Grand, Top Gun, Maverick, and The Whale all had four. I don't know if I'm listing. I mean, is this whole episode going to be listing? Hopefully not. Yes. Yes. All right. (laughs) What What sticks out to you? Well, I think Top Gun, I expected a little better, even though I didn't expect this to be... Top Gun's best day necessarily. That's, a, that's an American movie. That's the same. That's I mean that Top Gun and the Fablemans. I'm not surprised at all. Didn't do well about that. Right. I mean that's 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 easy to say in hindsight. But Top Gun Maverick is just a force of nature. I mean it's a it's a world changer. That movie's so good. I mean we've been over this anyway. Triangle of Sadness has to win PGA. Yeah. <laughs> Triangle of Sadness. I maybe expected to do a little better. I don't know. There's there's. Only three nominations. Babylon, only three Are you not surprised by Elvis being among, like, nine at the BAFTAs for an... I wouldn't think Elvis would be in the Fablemans and Top Gun section. That, like, assault on the senses, overly americana movie. Uh, Australia is a Commonwealth nation, isn't it, still? (laughs) It's it's just all in the pocket of Baz, that's what you're saying? I've watched The Crown, where I learned (laughs) that Australia is connected to Great Britain. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. All right. Look, 
Top Gun Maverick, not there. The Fableman's not there. And the BAFTA five, that is notable, though. Sure. Sure. And, I mean, I, I, I again, I stick by, you know, All Quiet being there, but kind of a surprise. Elvis being there, especially over those two. I mean, even if you're going to think that the, the voters would get lazy and just default to what they wanted to pick, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, these are the best picture players in every other award show, so why not just put them here to fill out my card? That clearly, or maybe that did happen, and Elvis is higher than a lot of people think. Um, so that, that that rolls itself into what we're predicting for the Oscars Best Picture 10. Now, unlike other years, we've said this all year long, we're having a static 10. You will have 10 Best Picture nominees mm. at this year's Oscars, and that's why we've commented all year long on, wow, that number 10 slot seems wide open. And it's been the bane of my predicting existence for this exercise. So we'll talk about the Oscars Best Picture field like this. I think you agree with me with this setup. We have our big four. Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, Banshees of Inisherin, The Fablemans, which might be slipping a bit, and Top Gun Maverick. Those are like the four that have a chance at winning Best Picture, right? I agree. And other than BAFTA, The Fablemans is hit everywhere, including SAG. Uh, Maverick is hit everywhere, with the same argument, however, it didn't get SAG Ensemble, it got SAG, SAG Stunt Ensemble. Uh, Avatars hit everywhere except for BAFTA and SAG, but again, SAG Ensemble, and it, it's another legacy sequel, which makes some sense in terms of predicting it towards the future. It's going to have a lot of guild support down the card, as will Top Gun. Those are were always going to be tech, craft, mm-hmm. you know, undercard players, and when you have that many branches of support, where you could win those Oscars, yep. that typically means a, a nomination. And then, yeah, I think Elvis, Elvis is just, and Tar, they've just been everywhere this whole time yep. as well. I think they've been very consistent, even when they didn't win in like the un, you know the early, early season with Tar and Elvis, they've shown up somewhere at those award shows, right? You talk about a bad day for Tar, almost in the sense that uh, it only got lead actress or... Right. He got screenplay, but he didn't get director. Right. That kind of deal. Yeah, those are the seven I think that everyone's going to have. Everything Everywhere, Banshees, Fablemans, Top Gun Maverick, Elvis, Tar, and Avatar 2. Mm-hmm. I don't know that those last three... I think uh, it would be an upset right now at this point to pick one of those last three and have it win Best Picture, but they're going to be in the Best Picture category, we would say right now. We have those seven. Yes. Okay. Uh, so you got three spots to kind of play with if you're... Us, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so let's talk about the first one. Uh, we have the same 10, which I don't know how I feel about this. It's very bizarre. We're usually <laughs> off somewhat. But our first gamble was All Quiet on the Western Front. And I applaud you and Feinberg and everybody who can get past the issues with All Quiet uh, much sooner than I could. I had like a mental block about it, uh, like we talked about in the last BAFTA episode and, and at the top today. But 14 BAFTA nominations is substantial in any year, but especially when you give the BAFTA voting body uh, and you give the BAFTA nomination voting back to more of its members. Now, there's a- an obvious caveat here because there are still BAFTA nominating committees and chapters and opt-in chapters, but BAFTA, they did up the automatic nominations and they've always had this this system where the entire voting body votes for best film and all quiet on the western front is in best film and we know that BAFTA's membership crosses over now Mm -hmm. is that going to mean all quiet's going to get 10 nominations at oscar probably not there are obvious uh there's an obvious calendar problem where the BAFTA nominations only came out or they came out after 
the Oscar nomination voting closed. So that's really revelatory, he- Michael, is what yeah. is my big point. Revelatory. Well, the headline than- there, yeah. I mean, the, the big headline from Longlist and how well All Quiet did came out before Oscar voting was closed, though. Yes. So, And, I mean, you have the accessibility issue. It's on Netflix. You have the, the hi- recent history, anyway, of the, the Academy liking to put an international feature in the Best Picture, in some of the major categories, including Best Picture, I should say. Mm-hmm. This is an easy one because it is so accessible. It is right on Netflix. It has had buzz once it did drop on Netflix. I, I'm almost at the point where I would be surprised to not see it here. Oh, I'd be very surprised at this point yeah. because... Uh, because I've I've so talked myself into how I've been proven wrong by you and Steph Feinberg <laughs> that I'm pretty much boxed in. All right. So that's that's gamble number one. Uh, let's talk about one we want, but I don't think either one of I mean neither one of us picked it regretfully and and much to ours uh, our buddy Scott Yeager's uh, dismay. We're, we're not picking Babylon for best picture. Babylon got SAG Ensemble. It's otherwise gotten makeup and hairstyling, production design guilds, two of them, and costume design uh, guild support. And it started off the season well with Choice and Globe noms, but it's kind of fallen on its face with no PGA and very few BAFTA noms. I think it just got three on the day. Yep, three on the day. And we see the flop factor uh, Mm. with Babylon. It's very pronounced, certainly, in the industry, but... Many pundits are also going back to picking Babylon because it still has the most it still has the most resume going into the season. I, I wonder how much you should count Globe and Choice. We'll get into that in a minute. I wonder how much you should count a similar performance from First Man, even though it was less mm. pronounced with First Man and there was not a hard ten in that particular year. Still, Babylon, to me, it's just hard to get over the hump of that this is such an obvious blunder in the industry. At least it's per- the perception seems to be that, it, that it's going to get this best picture nom and that, that no prestigious sense. slot. And the one thing that should be holding it back, or at least has historically held other films back, that big, you know, controversy having to do with one of your main stars, is is not at all. I mean, Brad Pitt, is li- he is everywhere. He's not even showing up to places. People are just talking about him. I, like podcasts and, and people on social media and his 60th birthday. Is, it's, it's like, what the fuck? It's so weird. Right. But all right, we're not picking Babylon. Babylon's off for now. It'll, I'll pick it at some point. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the the one, one of number two of three spots we are picking both is Black Panther Wakanda Forever. And Black Panther has gotten guild support, more guild support times three guilds, three branches of the Academy, that is, than Babylon, or Glass Onion for that matter. Glass Onion also got four guilds worth of support, but you got to add the the music branch, you got to add the visual effects branch, and excuse me, you got to add the PGA, of course. So Black Makeup Panther too, right? What's that? Make well, they both got too, right? they, they both got makeup and hair. Oh, you're they, talking about differences. I'm sorry. I, I should listen to you more. That's all right. They both got costumes. Yeah. They both got production design, and they both got SAG. Uh, I thought I've been doing this podcast solo for the past five years, to be honest with you, <laughs> until this moment. Who? What? Somebody say something. <laughs> Just uh, Mike and Oscar, right? <laughs> look at Black Panther has also got like considerable advantages. Three of them I counted uh, over something like Babylon. I mean, this stuff Definitely. is obvious, but. It's a legacy pick now. Black Panther 1 was nominated. Black Panther 2. How weird is it that that's an advantage to the Oscars at this point? I I do think it And it just happened this year, right? Because they were so lauded for the inclusion the last time. I think they feel good when that happens. This movie really paid tribute to Chadwick Boseman, and they did it so extremely and obviously well. So Mm -hmm. 
I think that in a hard 10, it could be a tiebreaker, no? Sure. I, I mean, at this point, I think anything could be. And there's obviously this feeling, this good feeling attached to something like Black Panther, and not least of which is due to the next two reasons you're going to talk about. Its box office success is obvious. It's it made $837 million on a $200 million budget. Now, what does that mean in terms of when you add the marketing and whatever the hell Disney pays for? I don't know. I'm not that level of macro Well, math above four to one oriented. is a profit. Okay. It's profit. And then I do think there is this factor that Angela Bassett has now become the lead contender and supporting actress. Mm-hmm. She is the new front runner. And any ma- last minute at- Academy movie watching is going to have Black Panther on the top of that screener pile. And yes, I do think that matters for folks. I was surprised how often I kept putting that down as a nominee for so many below the line categories. And it got to the point where it's like I, this hat. Like if I think it's going to show up in all these places, it has to show up in Best Picture. It's gotten eight guilds worth of nominations, yeah. and you know uh, seven branches worth of support. And you're right; it's going to show up down the card. Yeah, and I mean I understand the folly of thinking that. Well, if I'm putting it there, then it has to show up in Best Picture in reality, and how stupid that line of thinking is. But you know, you only put it there because it has the support. I tried to do some research. <laughs> I don't know how but well why are we scared? We're scared because Globe and, and Choice didn't pick we're it. We're scared because like, it's going to be like the Batman and the Northman. That's why we're scared. You know, like, it's, it, and, and this next movie, which it probably should be. And I've seen people predict it for its 10. I didn't have the, the stones to. I hope somebody does, and I hope they're right, even though I didn't like the movie. Neither one of us did. Pinocchio probably should be in the Best Picture 10. And we've been theorizing about Pinocchio coming from the animated category and crossing over to the best pictures with, you know, for the first time since Toy Story 3 in terms Mm -hmm. of a best picture nomination. But Pinocchio seemed to be duking it out at the Critics Association stage with Turning Red and with more more so with Marcel Deschel with shoes on. But now Pinocchio has won Golden Globe. It's one Critics' Choice. And it does seem to be the obvious frontrunner to the point where you, you... Add in the fact that it's going to be nominated for score. It's going to be nominated potentially for production design. It got a USC USC scripter song. Uh, So it's in in play, not only in the music categories, but in writing. And we've even heard, you know, from award circuit, Clayton Davis and company, that they're they're hearing rumors about Guillermo del Toro maybe crashing the director party as well. So Pinocchio could be, could certainly be here. I think the margins are going to be close. How close is the question? Then you really could make any argument to to talk about one of I don't I mean Mike, it's like ten extra films. We talked about the big seven. I think there are seventeen films, eighteen films in play here, and Pinocchio is certainly one of them. And you could make the argument that Pinocchio grabbed hold of its category. Speaking of animated feature, long before All Quiet on the Western Front grabbed hold of its category, an international feature. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean. Yeah, there's. It would not surprise me to see Pinocchio show up in the ten. Neither one of us predicted it. I just wanted to make mention too of the Woman King. I wanted it to show up. I just can't justify it. I I agree with that. I I just have it. Just hasn't shown up throughout the season. Right. We we saw Gina Prince Bythewood show up at BAFTA in terms of a long list in the, in the nominations, uh, but she's not there at DGA. We didn't see see Woman King at PGA. SAG beyond Viola Davis. Or BAFTA beyond Viola Davis in a few categories. So that's that's a bummer at the end of the day. I think it's a bummer that RRR maybe didn't finish out yep. this race, but I could still see some people picking RRR. It did win the Critics' Choice and International Feature. We're 
further muddles the uh, all quiet case. But for me, like the other obvious bummer, the one I hope it would be, it would be women mm-hmm. talking. And yeah. And look, God, that's had a tough two weeks. It's had a tough two weeks, but there's still some resume. Critics' Choice Best Film nomination, Buckley got in there. Sarah Polly just won for screenplay. That's something. And SAG Ensemble is something. And SAG's the largest Academy branch. So if they're lauding the ensemble, even though... I wonder if the support for that is being consolidated into the screenplay category. I wonder too, and yet... It's not. It's not going to show up later, which is going to freak us the hell out. So, we're, we're going to show up at BAFTA. Yeah, yeah we're going to talk about women talking, just having a rough two weeks, like you said. So, women talking not at PGA. I, I'm rooting for it. I'm rooting for it to show up because the obvious freak out is going to be that these are ten films from ten male filmmakers at the end of the day. Unless which should, I mean, yeah. Yeah, we're gonna be freak right out. There. That's gross. And it shouldn't be. It shouldn't <laughs> it's be terrible. These movies yeah. are good enough to be there. After Sun, Woman King, and certainly Woman Talking, they're, they're good enough to be here, and it's it's frustrating. Yeah, uh, taking the equality issue out of it, I, I this is a rarity in terms of before we get to our number ten here that we both did pick. It's a rarity in terms of there's not like a movie, even the movies we disliked, like the Pinocchios, I'd be happy seeing it show up in Best Picture just because of the context of it. It would be Animated cool. Feature, you and know what I mean? I would vote for Guillermo del Toro, president of any organization. Sure. Or the country. Absolutely. And the world. Make him king. The world. What can make go him, wrong? Make him Power king. doesn't corrupt people. He's you know what I mean? like a movie house. It's just movie props. He's the man. He gets it. He so, gets I mean, me. It's... <laughs> <laughs> we could talk for about nothing for hours. It's it's just nice to have a year where it's like, you know, I'm not forced to hate Parasite. <laughs> that being said, Pinocchio's probably deserves a rewatch from us. I don't know if we'll get to it. We're, I, don't, I, sh- I will not. I can promise you I won't. <laughs> I showed people in my family and we all... Anyway, uh, look, I, I think we're both going with The Whale... So what was your deciding factor on picking? I had the Woman King, but then I just, I was like, I was staring at the resume. I couldn't justify it. And man, that PGA nom for the whale sticks out to me like somebody that banged a hammer into their thumb. Black Panther and the whale's PGA noms cinched the tiebreakers. Yes, we, we put that down before I even went deeper in the research. But when you do go deeper in the research, you, you, you can figure out that there's a surge for the whale. There's a surge for Hong Chow after yeah. getting SAG and BAFTA. I think there's a surge for Brendan Fraser after he's won the Critics' Choice. And I think we're in full-blown celebrate yes. Brendan Fraser mode. Fraser sounds, yep. It's, it's, it's that. And everybody who's curious about the performance now has an imperative to watch that movie because he is, in many, in many people's opinions, the new frontrunner and lead actor. What would you uh, do three weeks ago if I told you Brendan Fraser and Andrea Reesburg are going to win your lead actress and actor nominee? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I guess we we'll learned. We'll get to it. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there for Two, Les- two Leslie, which I, I, I watched and liked, by the way. But anyway, but we also see a surge for Samuel D. Hunter's script after the BAFTA nom. Uh, and we've always had the makeup and hairstyling support. So there's. Yep. But I wonder if we're judging the whale on a curve when we probably should have Babylon or women talking in here because of the resumes. We're just maybe suffering from recency bias with the whale and and its success and its surge. The fact that its box office is still been steady, eleven million on a two million dollar budget. Like I told you, I mean, I thought that's a that's a modest hit at least, right? It's 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 profitable, sure, certainly. I I just think. 
the hits on the resume that the whale had and the lack of hits that something like Woman Talking has had, I don't know. It just, to me, the logic says it should be the whale, right? That doesn't mean it will be. Of course, Woman Talking could show up and the whale could not. Yeah. So, like I said at the top, I think uh, I'm much more conservative. I'm shocked that we both wrote all these words and we and without talking to each other at all, we came up with the same 10. God help us. I'm, I'm putting the Batman in my number 10. So everything, everywhere, all at once. The Fablemans, Banshees of Inisherin, Top Gun Maverick, Tar, Elvis, Avatar 2, All Quiet on the Western Front, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, and The Whale. Those are your Mike, Mike, and Oscar predicted 10 for Best Picture. What happened at the director category for the BAFTAs, Michael? Well, of course, Edward Berger of All Quiet on the Western Front. <laughs> we had him all year long. Never doubted him for a second. Mm-hmm. Park Chan-wook, Decision to Leave, which who's he? he's in my five, by the way. I love that director work in there the directorial work is outstanding in that movie I'm, i mean that movie that movie should fall apart multiple times i'm still kind of surprised to see it here but i love it i love his stylistic i'm choice. shocked to see it here yes but nonetheless we're very high on it you know the newly minted daniels uh they won the critics choice and they've been nominated in director for everything everywhere uh todd field who's only missed something i forget what but he's He's got good pretty hats. much everything. He's um, missed good hats. He's got the hats. Oh, he missed Golden Globe. But uh, mm. Todd Field from Tar is here at BAFTA. Oh, I'm sorry. Gina Prince Bythewood. I'm an idiot. Gina Prince. No, you said it. You said it. She got in BAFTA. You said that earlier. Oh, I said long list, but I forgot she actually made the six here. Oh, okay. So that's terrific news. And maybe the Woman King deserves a little uh, more credit in terms of the resume because Gina Prince Bythewood is here for the Woman King. And amen for that. She directed the hell out of that movie. We said it when we reviewed Absolutely. it months ago. Uh, otherwise, Martin McDonough makes uh, the six in the BAFTA director uh, category for the Banshees of Inisherin. All right. So for predicting what's going to happen at the Oscars, when I first filled out my ballot, uh, it was Spielberg, McDonough, Field, the Daniels. And I picked Raja Mooley because the directing category, they like their international plays. Mm-hmm. I was thinking it was between that last spot was going to be for Cameron. But if, you know, if Villeneuve couldn't get the. Well, he directed the orchestra of the production of the movie Nod for Dune last year. Why would Cameron get it this year when Dune had a better track record in multiple uh, guilds and categories last year than Avatar seems to this year? So I went Rajamouli, but I didn't stick with Rajamouli. Right. And I I could agree with that. I think there's a big four in this category. Daniels and McDonough, they have not missed anything. They've gotten it all. Spielberg has only missed BAFTA. Spielberg's not missing. I don't think he's missing. He won the Globe. And then, uh, excuse me, Todd Field, uh, like I said before, only missed uh, Globe as well. So he, these four are likely in. They they both got the, D, they, they all four got the DGA as well. I'm thinking they're in. Now, the fifth spot to me could be Roger Mooley, like you said, Prince Bythewood, Kosinski, which got the fifth sure. DGA spot, Baz Luhrmann, which got uh, Choice and Globe, Berger, which got uh, BAFTA, Park Chan-wook, and Cameron. Now, I'll kind of take three off the board here for a second. Berger, Bythewood, Park Chan-wook. BAFTA still has a committee, nominated committee situation there. So that's not entirely attributable to their full director's branch, even though I guess if you can rationalize in your head that they were one of the two automatic nominations right or it might have been three this year director i forget i thought it was still two because they're going to 16 eight men eight women it's it's tough to just to, to believe that it's hard 
Yeah. It's hard to believe it. Over Spielberg, over Daniels, who's been everywhere, over McDonough, who's been everywhere, yeah. And then, look, I think Cameron, like you you made the perfect argument, I think Cameron kind of, he's just got too many misses right now. So I'm looking at, I mean, I guess Kozinski can make the same argument, but he's in the DGA 5. Right. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of looking for him. I'm looking for an outside lane from Roger Mooley. I mean, Villeneuve did get DGA last year, nomination at least. Right. Berger, maybe, but I, I don't know. I'm kind of moving him away. I, I don't see it. I think he would should have won EFA, something like that. He just hasn't shown up enough. So I'm landing back towards Baz Luhrmann. I've heard a lot mm-hmm. of buzz about him, that the Academy loves him. I've heard that he's a bit overdue. They haven't nominated him in director yet. And he's been in a, he's paid his dues at the, at the academy level. That's for certain. More than that, yep. And this is an opportunity for them to, yes, kind of go international, and yes, award something uh, a film that they love. This is we know the director's branch is older. We know they're kind of a cadre of uh, older guys, and Baz Luhrmann is probably. You know the recipient of a, of an award full of older guys at this point. I'm guessing. And let's be honest, still love I Elvis, mean, Mike, right? Yes, but let's be honest. He's been not on the bubble in Scott Feinberg's top five all year. Yes, and that was a. We were looking at Scott Feinberg having Baz like in the middle of his ranking, like at number two. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like high, like could be which winning t- this category, which tells so you he's safe. Right, that's something. That's a, that's definitely something to at least take notice of. So yeah, I I did too. I flipped at the last second. I took out Rajamouli. I put in Baz, like you did. So Spielberg, the Daniels, McDonough, Todd Field, and his hat, and Baz Luhrmann, and I guess all hail the all white man directing field, save for one of the Danielses. Uh, and then yeah, and then Asinine. so we're gonna have all male movies for best picture, all male directors. And in an asinine metaphor, you and I are Thelma and Louise right now driving off the cliff together Jesus in our Christ. predictions. Uh, lead actor. I, I mean, if nothing else, I hope it doesn't come true. Right? <laughs> I agree. I agree. I'll happily, I'll happily root yeah. against our predictions. Yeah. Lead actress, Mike, we had Anna Diarmas of Blonde, Kate Blanchett of Tar, Viola Davis of The Woman King, Daniel Deadweiler of Till, a fun surprise, and Emma Thompson of Good Luck to You, Leo Grant, and Michelle Yeoh, that is your back, BAFTA six nominated for lead actress so it doesn't really matter what happens at this point we have a head-to-head matchup for this we would think lead actress at the oscars so the two that you have to have that everyone's going to have kate blanchett michelle yo a lot of talk and discussion about blanchett lately is she clearing the runway for michelle yo is that why she kind of went off script and kind of poo-pooed the awards in general she wants to make sure michelle yo gets her first oscar a lot of who knows nonetheless Right now, the lead actress at the Oscars is between those two. You would agree? I loved the Actors on Actors video that they put together, Yo and Blanchett. But no, I'm not uh, I'm not buying into co- the collusions conspiracy theory. I just think <laughs> Kate Blanchett has like the same manager or knows the manager of Andrea Riseborough, which I learned is the British pronunciation, I guess. Yep. So yep. maybe we should change. I don't know. The British... Well, favor? Andrea Riseborough is... Look, she's been nowhere, and then all of a sudden, in the last, like, four days here, as we record this on the 20th, every insider in the world, Scott Feinberg, mm-hmm. uh, Matt Bellany, uh, the Little Gold Men, like, everybody's like, hey, 
There's this movement going on right now Mm -hmm. where established big name actors and actresses are holding private screenings trying to push Andrea Riceborough into Oscar's consideration to the point where now she's number six on Feinberg's list. She's the alternate of the category for best actress to be nominated. I mean, do you buy that it'll happen? No, I don't still... Because I watched the movie and the movie is not great, I would be surprised. Does, I don't know that that matters with this type of story. Maybe not, but look, like, it, are you going to go if Courtney Cox invites you to a private screening in her home, <laughs> specifically for the purpose of nominating Andrea Riseborough for the Oscars? Are you going to watch that and be like, "Oh, this sucks"? <laughs> like, doesn't I don't? It doesn't matter, right? If the entire acting branch of the Academy did like you know dinner parties to watch right. Andrea Riseborough and to Leslie. Then yes, you might be right. I, look, I I don't believe it's going to happen. I would be very surprised. I would be shocked. I would, I'll be blatantly honest. I would be shocked. And that's not to say Andrea Riseborough is not great in that movie. I tweeted about it. I loved her in that movie when I thought it was an organic thing, and when I didn't read and listen to Little Gold Men and read the Vanity Fair piece about how it's pretty much a a plant and a coordinated campaign from Andrea Riseborough, the filmmaker, and the you know the the manager. Of Andrea Riseborough, Riseborough, excuse me. I, I when I didn't know that, I wish I was unsullied in that regard. I would have said maybe this is the organic grassroots campaign that uh, I don't. I think I think or, yeah, I think organic grassroots are are held to things like you know parasite organically happening like it did. I don't you know if you're gonna have a coordinated attack. I think the actor field is where it could happen. Everybody's so tied into it. Like you said, they all have the same managers. They all work for CAA. You know, like I'm glad you got your tinfoil hat on. Am I, am I always I, do. Am I getting you to pick her? That's the question. I don't know. I want to, just to like so I can be the one that did, but I don't have her right now. No. Let's go through the rest of the list and see how I feel when we get to our five. So <laughs> we have Blanchett and Yo. Those two are the com- competitors for the win. Mm-hmm. Daniel Deadweiler should be safe, yes? Yes, she should be. She's been put out there as a superlative from that film. She won the Gotham to start the season. I wish she was there for the speech. Uh, she's she's hit the the latest precursors. I think uh, Danielle Deadweiler's in. I would think Viola Davis is safe, but why do I have such a bad feeling about her? I, I just think we're worried, but I think... Viola Davis has hit everything. She hit yeah. Globe, Choice, SAG, and BAFTA. She's hit everything. She should not miss. Anna de Armas should be safe. I kind of wish she wasn't. She's recently hit SAG and BAFTA, which is a big deal because they have Academy crossover. She's gotten a lot of support uh, throughout the year, despite that movie being being very polarizing and divisive, to say the least. But she started out with a Globe nom, and she's got most of the, the precursors. I think she's got momentum. I think the two alternates here are, and the reasoning is the, yeah, but it's still the Oscars. Uh, Olivia Coleman, I don't think, can ever be counted out from the Academy. I don't care how BAFTA treated her. It's a good performance in Empire of Light. Olivia Coleman is always great. She's got a couple huge Oscar reel scenes, so I agree. And then there's the, well, you know, SAG doesn't usually go five for five with their lead actress nominees and what happens at the Oscars. So if you wanted to have, like, the number six play a number five, you could go with Michelle Williams in one of these slots, except there's a whole other controversy that happened with her and her positioning on the Oscars ballot. And thank you to all the pundits who've been clarifying the issues with this whole voting procedures thing. Essentially, the the acting branch can do whatever they want. They can 
write in Michelle Williams and supporting actress, and it could happen. Lakeith Stanfield was essentially the beneficiary of this during the pandemic year from Judas and the Black Messiah, and in a tight race, he did get the nomination. Michelle Williams is now getting a lot of votes and supporting actress to the point where Feinberg has predicted her as his fifth to the point where Scott Yeager came onto our show and thought it was very possible that she could get into the supporting actress five. Uh, That was a couple of weeks ago, Michael. So absolutely, despite their staunch stance with Michelle Williams as a lead actress from Universal, from the Fableman's team and, and all their PR reps, she may get bumped. Now, I am thinking that in a tight race, this is actually going to sabotage her chances in both categories because mm. there is now voter confusion in two very tight races in this instance. You could be very right. And I think this is I, I, we could learn a lot from a lot of different angles about the actress category. We could learn, I mean, whether that confusion takes hold or whether how coordinated the efforts are behind the scenes. I mean, if Andrea Reesboro does show up and lead actress, you're going to see that that type of thing, that private screening move, that coordinated effort in the last week of campaigning matters. If, if uh, Michelle Williams doesn't show up in either category, you could see that voting confusion as a real thing and really does matter. If she does show up in supporting actress, well, then you're going to know that her agent and her team got behind the scenes very quickly and was able to sway enough people to get her on the supporting actress uh, ballot, regardless of the fact that she was campaigned, mm-hmm. we all thought, as a lead all year long. And she was in the SAG lead category, and she was in the BAFTA right. lead actress long list so we know there wasn't voter confusion there she was just straight up left off apparently at BAFTA and SAG you know and for, how would, for how lack could of things have been different if she was put on the supporting actress instead you know, who knows you don't know so that's that is the that is a major question that could be a huge surprise on the day but I'm going with the SAG five as are you and lead actress yeah and I'm not happy about it and I mean <laughs> I'm defaulting to De Armas as my fifth because, you know, there's a history of the lead performances loving their biopic people. Mm -hmm. It's a worthy performance, though, even in a movie that is just punishing. And I did not enjoy the movie watching experience of Blonde, but Anna De Armas overcomes that. She's so good in the dang movie that she overcomes that in Blonde. So maybe. All right, we'll move on to lead actor here. Uh, What happened at Bathroom? Austin Butler from Elvis, Colin Farrell of Banshees, Brendan Fraser of The Whale. All right, those are the three. That's who the category is between. We know they're safe for Oscars. Safe. Done. Brendan McCormick of Good Luck to You, Leo Grand, and a hell yeah from me on this pick. He is awesome in that movie. Uh, Very excited to see him there. Paul Mescal of After Sun. A lot of people are picking him. I'm also very happy to see him there. He's worthy. And the fourth spot, I think it's safe to say, he hasn't missed anywhere. Bill Nye of Living, or is it Nye? Jennifer Coolidge, can you weigh in on this? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) That's my Jennifer Coolidge. I'd love to play a lizard. Yeah. (laughs) We have Tom Cruise, who's going to get our fifth spot. Yeah. To uh, take the wind out of the sails here. Yeah. But. He's only gotten Critics' Choice. Adam Sandler's mm-hmm. gotten SAG. Pope, Hugh Jackman got, Jeremy Pope, that is, from The Inspection, and Hugh Jackman of The Sun, got Globe Drama. Diego Calva, Daniel Craig, Ray Fiennes, and Adam Driver got Globe Comedy or Musical. And now, Mr. McCormick from Good Luck to You, Leo Grand, he's gotten the BAFTA lead actor nom. So there is a battle royale for this fifth spot, we would think. 
yeah, I'm. I, I went Cruz just on the strength of Top Gun Maverick, but when I had Babylon in my Best Picture ten originally, the first name I wrote down was Diego Calva. Yeah. And if Babylon's going to make the Best Picture ten, it has to have an acting nominee somewhere, doesn't it? Because yeah. it's it's not going to have that. Ma- I mean, it's going to win score, we think. And yet, after the first watch, I had Margot Robbie number one on my actress yeah. list. I jumped but out of the window. But she's so low on everybody else's, all the experts list. And I'm like, <laughs> where is the love for her? I agree. And I love Diego Calva. I just think he had a couple bad scenes in that Same, I, I see the exact same way you do. Yep. It just was an uneven performance and not necessarily his fault. Adam Sandler should not be nominated for I don't also. want it's it's selfish like I would love for Sandler to be nominated I just don't want his first nomination to be for not uncut gems or not a thing he's gonna win I mean maybe it should be because by the time he does get to that second Safety Brothers movie he'll have paid his dues mm-hmm. by the Academy standards because he already has a nomination on his resume so maybe they'll feel okay voting for him to win when that movie finally does come around but like I just I don't know selfishly I want him to have like the perfect you know storybook ending and i enjoyed the hell out of hustle he's just not good enough in it i'm sorry it's total you know total uh, retroactive situation for adam don't beat sandler. up adam sandler because you want to hype up your top gun maverick test tom cruise is worthy of this nomination <laughs> not only does he do all the acting in the planes he's got great scenes with val kilmer jennifer connelly where he's getting emotional he's got great scenes opposite miles teller uh opposite uh and in funny scenes opposite uh, Mad Men's leading man, Michael Jesus. Uh, Ham, sorry. John Ham. I told Hamm. you, I, I'm not listening to you this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Reading my next 10. But Tom Cruise is worthy. He's worthy of the nomination. Now, does the whole Scientology connection and the jokes at his expense at the last uh, or one of the last award shows, the Golden Globes, that is, does that actually hurt? I wonder, and I, I could see... Can you believe the gall of Helen Honey coming out and saying she was shocked and offended by Gerard Carmichael's jokes? Are you kidding me? You didn't see that, that headline? I did not see that. Oh, Oof. my God. Hune, did... I think, is... It's like Uwe, a man called yeah, Uwe. Sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How about we talk to all the people that were shocked and offended by what the HFPA has done first? Yeah. That's Anyway, sorry, appalling. not sequitur. That, anyway, that angered me. Let's, you know... I agree with Mr. Carmichael. Let's get confirmation. Proof of life, please. (laughs) It's hilariously terrifying, isn't it? I mean, Jesus. Uh, Tom Cruise, however, is he above all that? We hope so. I mean, he's obviously acting the hell out of this movie, in this movie. I mean, and the stunt work. You know, that's the next level. That's why I think the same reason that Gaga deserved a nomination and the extra love for her performing within the performance. Same reason Austin Butler doing all his own singing and dancing and Elvis deserved extra credit, in my opinion. I give Tom Cruise extra credit in Top Gun for for the fact that he didn't blow a blood vessel out of his eyeball when he's, you know, doing 10 Gs in the air. Best performance of not passing out when any regular man would have. Tom Cruise. <laughs> the red face performance of the decade, Tom Cruise. I, I, look at it. So this is this is a biased pick uh, for me, and you're following me to hell as well. I just I don't I mean look, if Tom if Top Gun Maverick, it's a show of strength 
thinking for me because I agree with you. I don't think there is a conservative choice for this fifth slot. So if Top Gun Maverick is going to be a true best picture winning threat, not just being nominated, yeah. but if it is going to be in the big four like we think it is, like Vegas says it is, like a lot of pundits, though I think Feinberg had it sixth, by the way, on his final uh, rankings. But anyway, if it's going to be a threat to win, this is going to be a show of strength for it. If Tom Should... Cruise doesn't get this fifth spot, then I don't think Top Gun Maverick... If Top Gun Maverick doesn't win PG, I mean, I think it needs to win PGAs. Right, for best picture. But yeah. should we have hedged our bets with Paul Mescal here? Probably. A lot of people are. And After Sun it was so awarded, like a shower After of Sun awards. could be nominated for best picture, by the way. Absolutely. After Sun could be in that mix just because how strong of a start it had to the season. The director could could crash the category. I mean, it could it, After Sun, I don't think either one of us nominated it for anything, but it could Charlotte, crash a couple major categories. Charlotte Wells was in my screenplay five forever. I believe she should be there, even though I'm not going to pick her in a minute, but I'm not picking her for like silly coordinated nomination reasons in my I, idiot prediction. I don't know if you did this, but I found myself defaulting to just assuming the worst of the Academy with filling a lot of my slots. I'm, I'm dead serious. Like, uh, the, the all-male thing. The white a, The all-male 10. It's like, yeah, the I, man I can absolutely see the Academy doing it. I almost put Ben Wishaw in supporting actor and no women talking supporting actresses, and for that reason. I didn't, but I almost I was thinking about it. Ah, is our is our cynicism going to finally work out for us in this? <laughs> I hope not. I really hope not. <laughs> uh, inconsequential predictions episode. We will see. Let's move on to supporting actress. We had uh, Angela Bassett as one of the BAFTA six here. Hong Chow of The Whale. Carrie Condon of Banshees. Jamie Lee Curtis of Everything Everywhere All at Once. Dolly DeLeon of Triangle of Sadness. And Carrie Mulligan of She Said... That is your BAFTA six nominees. Good for Carrie Mulligan. Good for the BAFTA getting her in there. Uh, she said deserves to be treated better. I'm going to keep pounding that drum forever. <laughs> All right. We have three that are absolutely safe, right? Bassett. Go ahead. You you wrote Safety Dance here, and I'm just yes, thinking of the safety song. Safety Dance. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's the worst. <laughs> you can dance if you want it. Did you see? <laughs> this is talk about going down a tangent that nobody's going to relate to. Conan O'Brien uh-huh. on his... Uh, original NBC show had a character uh, doing vignettes that just said everything into the safety dance lingo. (laughs) (laughs) And so... And so he was like, like sitting at the kitchen table with his wife, and she was like, "Do you want some toast?" And he's like, "You can make toast if you want to. We can leave your toast behind." And she, she like couldn't take anyone. She's like, "I want a divorce. We can divorce if you want to. We can divorce yourself right now." You, anyway. uh, you know how I know you've been an insomniac for uh, over twenty years. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, anyway, back to the supporting actress predictions. Yes. I agree so, with you. Safety of the three dance. who are safety dancing, it's Bassett, Condon, and Jamie Lee Curtis. They haven't missed anywhere. I agree. I'm also picking them. Okay. Stephanie Sue probably should be safety dancing. Stephanie Hsu should be in here. She's been my number one or two all year. I keep vacillating because this is a great category. I am picking her, and I agree with you. I worry for Stephanie I didn't Shuda. pick her. Oh, you, oh okay. You don't, you're not picking her. Oh, no. Yep. I left her off. Um, Terrible. If the whale is making best picture, Hong Chow <laughs> should probably show up. If we're going to spend $1,000 on this, you know, seven-point parlay, we <laughs> might as well spend $1,500. <laughs> um, if Women Talking is a threat in adapted screenplay or to show up at best picture, Jesse Buckley should probably show up. Jesse Buckley and Claire Foy 
are it's so frustrating because they're so good in that movie they should be in the mix like Emma Stone and Rachel Weisz were from The Favorite they're mm-hmm. they're so good in Women Talking I mean maybe they don't have the fun scenes of Stone and Weisz I mean that's lacking let's be honest but the dramatic heft they deserve to be in the mix here they're so good in that movie but that movie can't pick a lead actress performance, and it's vote-sharing to a T. Along similar lines, even though it's less so as far as vote-sharing goes, and more so it just hasn't had any momentum, like my obstinate, stubborn self wants to bring Carrie Mulligan just because I'm so high on She Said. She's great in the movie. I worry that enough people saw it. I feel like She Said fell off, and not enough people saw it. But, I mean, would it shock me at the end of the day if she gets in? No. I just wonder if that's a home game win nomination from a committee at BAFTA, she's from across the pond. I don't know. That'd be me saying F you to everyone predicting her and everybody else saying F you to everybody along this nominating and predicting process would be Michelle Williams showing up like we talked about in Lead Actress. <laughs> and you're going with her. I'm picking her. I can't <laughs> believe it. Fuck it all, Paulie. <laughs> Look, here's the rationale that I would agree with. It's a close race. I think there's, a there's I don't know, six or seven like you're mentioning here, legitimate options for those last two spots. If Bassett, Condon, and Jamie Lee are, are safe, then Shu, Chow, I mean, yes, uh, Michelle Williams, Mulligan, Buckley. I mean, De Leon, that's mm-hmm. probably... Dolly De Leon, we didn't even mention, yeah. That's probably uh, the, the, the obvious six. And I think you can go even further down the card with Janelle Monet, who just got the Critics' Choice. Sure. She just got the Critics' Choice tribute. She also got a Critics' Choice nomination. But that was it beyond the Critics' Association, so it's hard to pick her. It's hard to pick Kiki Palmer, but she's de- deserving in she our opinion. Here. It's, it's a bummer that she's not here. We, yeah. we also have baffed the long list options like Lashana Lynch, Emma Thompson, Amy, Lee, Amy Lou Wood of Living. I love those performances. But at the end of the day, we got to do our pundit thing. I'm going with Shu and Chow. You are eliminating Shu, and you are picking Michelle Williams, you, you whack think job. The, I think the Fablemans are going to show up more than people think. I don't think it's as dead as a lot of people are assuming. I, I don't think it's dead at all. I think it's probably in the lead spot. Well, I, I would say it's in the challenger spot behind everything, everywhere, all at once for SAG Ensemble. I still believe that, but yeah, that's where I'm that's at. Probably, that's probably how I see it as well. BAFTA supporting actor, Brendan Gleeson, Barry Keoghan of uh, Banshees, Kihui Kwan of Everything Everywhere. Eddie Redmayne, he again shows up from The Good Nurse. Crazy. Albrecht Shook of All Quiet on the Western Front is a fun inclusion, as is Michael Ward of Empire of Light for your BAFTA supporting actor six. All right. I mean, pick who you want for the other four. It doesn't really matter because <laughs> Kihui Kwan's winning the category. Yeah. So he's God here. Uh, Gleason, the two from Banshees. I've showed up a lot. They've showed up everywhere. Gleason, yeah. Keowen have been everywhere. Gleason's actually won a couple critics associations to be second place in that next best picture uh, right right hand column. What used to be the right hand column list there. Love it that uh, he's getting love, but I understand that Mr. Kwan's going to take this thing. It's it's very clear. But Barry Ke- Keowen's getting a career making nomination here. Yeah. So that's awesome. So those two are in. Those three I wholeheartedly agree with. You have to put Eddie Redmayne in. <laughs> you have to, don't you? Like, you have to. 
I am. I am. I'm putting him back in after this Baftanom. I think he is getting the support. It's very clear that SAG watched the movie and SAG oh. is voting in droves at, at the Academy level as well. And it is now very clear that BAFTA has supported him to some extent and he hasn't missed anywhere else. Uh, look, I think a savvy predictor can read between a lot of lines here and maybe take more of a risk down the card. Like you could, you could really go deep into the field and supporting actor and make realistic picks. You could say Tom Hanks, you could say Mr. Shook and, and you could go off, you can go off the, uh, the, I thought the about precursor the list. Yeah. But Brian Tyree know. Henry got choice. And then I almost put him in the guys that we're going to, we're about to talk about the two Fablemans actors, Judd Hirsch and Paul Dano. You said you can go there. You're learning from our past mistakes of last year and picking Judd Hirsch over Paul Dano. I am. And I might be a fool, but last year, Judy Dench came in from an outside lane. And got mm-hmm. in over Katrina Bauf. Last yep. year, Kieran Hines got in over Jamie Dornan. They were getting yep. double nominated relatively consistently leading up to the Oscars to the point where all our predictions were screwed up in that category. But you could go to Ben Wishaw. You could go in a lot of different directions here. Where are you going? Dano. Paul Dano. Uh, it's the Judd Hirsch memorial pick of spite for me. I can't. <laughs> I don't want that to happen. I really don't. It's I'm not gambling. a good performance. I'm it's gambling. I, I I think Paul Dano is he's got really good moments in that movie. But you're right. There's some really awkward moments too. But I, I he's also playing he's playing a character that gets fooled in many ways. So yeah. he's kind of made to look the sap at times. Mm-hmm. But he gets the hammer moments in the Fablements, Paul Dano. So I. I could see him getting nominated. I had him in my five beforehand before I looked at recent history and I became a subject to recency bias and I'm going with Judd Hirsch. However, I could, I could totally see it. I just had one more point on this, Michael. I think, Oh, what was it? A beautiful mind. (laughs) Sure. Did did, did the supporting actor from a beautiful mind get picked? Should have been (laughs) Mr. Uh, what's his name here we go it's a fucking vision um vision he's a great actor (laughs) clearly i I remember i'll never forget him (laughs) you know he was also in that tennis movie what was the name of that tennis movie (laughs) that all the girls watched Uh, back in our dorm room (laughs) paul bettany paul bettany what was the name of the tennis movie now now you now you're doing it now you gotta you gotta finish it Uh, hang on <laughs> I used oh, to be able to cut these moments. <laughs> uh, Taking a new tack. Was it Wimbledon? Was it just Wimbledon? Wimbledon. It was Wimbledon. Was that it? I didn't even have to go all the way down on IMDb to come up with that. Mm-hmm. Good job. Stupid movie. <laughs> I did. I don't know if I saw. It. I think I did see it. I can't remember whether or not I saw Wimbledon as a movie. Michael, we need to move on to original. So you didn't come up with the point. <laughs> No, I didn't. I did not come up with the point. We just rambled incoherently, (laughs) babbled like fools. Good. Good. All right. Glad that happened. Original screenplay. What happened to Baptist? We have Everything Everywhere All at Once. Tar, Banshees of Sharon, Triangle of Sadness gets in here, and The Fablemans for original screenplay. Baptist noms. 
And look, I I think this category is going to be a, a heavyweight match between everything, everywhere, all at once, and and Martin McDonough's Banshees of Inna Sharon. Could go a long way in telling what happens at Best Picture, too. Do you get, yeah, do you get support for McDonough here or in director? Do you get support for the Daniels here or in director? I'm guessing the support funnels here for McDonough, and there's a there's a matchup between Spielberg and the Daniels and director, and maybe the Daniels actually get vote confusion, and we don't know where to award them, and they get shut out, and Spielberg... That'd be and- wild if this goes Banshees, director goes Fablemans, and picture still ends up everything everywhere all at once. Totally could happen. That much of a vote-sharing idea between that much of the Academy. I've seen voting bodies do weirder shit. Yeah. Yeah, but you... Anyway, I wanted to go after Sun here. I wanted to go Charlotte Wells. I wanted to go so many picks. I'm probably going to go back to what Feinberg has said and go with Triangle of Sadness um, in addition to Tar somehow because I still am belligerently holding out that Tar, as I predicted early in the season, was going to be a factor in original screenplay. And despite the 92-page script that Variety published... (laughs) I believe in my film school education that a page of screenplay equals a minute of screen time. No, and there's no, no. no way a two-hour and 40-minute movie no, could be a 92-page no, no. script, shooting Hatfield script. is just that good. You didn't read all the comments blasted us on Twitter? I don't believe a man with that hat taste <laughs> and that hat game would not have over 100 pages. Or what is it, 60? Because yeah, yeah. there's 60 minutes in an hour. Sure are, yeah. It would not have... 60 pages of a script and just wing it with Kate Blanchett. Not to say that she can't improvise, but I'm just saying in a movie that freaking talky, there's no freaking way. I don't believe it. Sorry. Yeah. A friend of the show, Ryan McQuaig. Let's go. There's the gauntlet. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Ryan. We got to get you back here. Oh yeah. We got him booked. All right. Let's get He's him coming. Booked. He's yeah. coming. Good. Uh, uh, everything everywhere. Banshees, Fableman, Tar and Triangle of Sadness. A year five. You're probably right with Triangle of Sadness, especially considering how close Scott Feinberg has Triangle of Sadness to the best picture field. And it's again, entirely possible that all the support for that movie gets consolidated into this one category. Uh, it's easier to fit the screenplay in here than it is to fit Charlotte Wells and director or the movie into best picture. Ness, maybe, I mean, you can make that argument. So I don't know the the BAFTA best picture nom for Elvis is very weird to me. I just, I have that as my fifth. I have everything mm-hmm. everywhere. Banshees, Fableman's Tar and Elvis as my fifth, even though maybe Elvis should be adapted. I don't know. Uh, it's he, well, he's in the original category, so you're not wrong. Yeah. It's just, uh, it would be kind of surprising, but uh, not a, I mean, not as surprising after that Baphtonon. That's a good poll. Anyway, let's move on to Adapted Screenplay, where the quiet girl, Michael, of uh, Column Buried. Column Buried. He is nominated here. Uh, All Quiet on the Western Front's Edward Berger, The Whale's Samuel D. Hunter, Living's Kazuo Ishiguro, and She Said's Rebecca Lankiewicz are your BAFTA nominations all right you lead us off here what do you think well the obvious omission at BAFTA was Sarah Polly and Miriam Toe's women talking now I believe Sarah Polly is just credited in the script even though it's Mrs. Toe's nominee uh, uh novel that was adapted however 
I'm sticking with women talking in the lead. Women talking won the Critics' Choice. I believe this could have some snub powers, as does that film. I believe, number one, I believe the film's well-written enough, and they're going to see it as a 12 Angry Men type of chamber piece that enough people are going to like that script. But I could also see how you can view that story, that story's writing as, let's just say, provocative. It, it, it is. So I, I get that. I get how that white men might get, you know, they, they might get riled up at that movie. And, 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 and you think? Well, look, at because the movie makes you angry. At least it made me angry. And it made, obviously, the anger is directed at Mennonite men of this fictional community. But a movie that makes you that mad, <laughs> I, I get I get how you could, you know, attribute that to manipulative storytelling. However, it's been Isn't such a... the point of movies? Yes, of course it is. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> So, which is why I, I have to pause when I review the film, or even now, and say, hey, that's the point, darn it. And you know what, you idiot? I'm talking to myself. You shouldn't <laughs> react that way. It's unhealthy yeah. to react that way, said Master Yoda, and many people smarter than me. <laughs> many women in, in, in this movie, for that matter. So, women talking should still be nominated in adapted screenplay. I also have women talking. <laughs> Good. <laughs> As I have a nervous breakdown on the microphone. <laughs> living. I'm still going with living. Living has not missed anywhere from Isha Girl. Okay, okay wait. Mm -hmm. Are we sure enough people have seen living that it's going to get to the top of the screener pile and get voted into <laughs> adapted screenplay on the back of the universally agreed fourth best lead actor performance in a three best lead actor race year? I am not sure. However, I do have faith in Sony's Pictures classics that they have shown enough people. I know that it this movie... It made less than $300,000 in America. played like every single film festival. And if we've learned anything in the past, we know that Academy members go to film festivals when and, and where they can. So I believe that this movie played well at a lot of film festivals. I loved it at Sundance last year. I, I, unfortunately, Scott Yeager watched it. Did not like it. I probably should have spoke up and not been a coward. I did like Living. I was a big fan of Living. And I think that the adaptation of Ivan Ilyich, I think the adaptation of, I believe, uh, Mr. Akiru's film. Oh, why am I forgetting the name of that? Anyway. Kurosawa. Kurosawa's. Oh, Akiru. Excuse me, I'm yeah. I'm really jumbled up. Obviously, yeah. Mr. Kurosawa's film Akiru's uh, Akiru that adaptation plays in as well uh, as just having a legacy coattails. I'm going with Living. Ike left it off. Um, it's, I mean, for something that has all the accolades, and, and I mean, again, you're it's probably even, right, it even probably has a USC scripter, and you left it, it off. It has all the accolades, and yet it's still not. It's like been on Feinberg's four or five line. Yeah, maybe look at. They could totally go in another direction there. This many international picks might not come through. And when I say this many, all quiet on the Western front. I have that, be, yes. Now has to be talked about with that BAFTA nom and with the, the strength. I was surprised how many open slots I feel like there still are in this category. Because mm. I don't know. Like, what's the... A lot of the adaptations what's, this year What's the front runner? Through. It still has to be women talking, doesn't it? Women talking is is struggling after that BAFTA miss. Oh, it's it's, it's had a terror like the worst two weeks any best pick one time best picture contender that's still going to be nominated. I think has had. If you ask me, all quiet on the Western Front is very much alive for that win. 
and this it is a wide open category. Yeah. So I, I mean, mean, wide open to the point that I don't know what the five are like. I could be over five, and I'd be like, oh, all right, that I get it. I'd be a little surprised if you were 0 for 5 or if I was 0 for 5 for that matter. So women talking all quiet on the Western Front, living, they're my top three. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with She Said and Top Gun Maverick as my last two. Top Gun Maverick only has what? Only has, oh man, this is where the... The scripter. Only has scripter. However... I just think this old ass academy is going to love themselves in Top Gun Maverick, <laughs> and that is a great script, darn it! It flows, it flows so well, but it's, it's such an enhancement. This has been my argument with, you and all it's been year. around for almost forty years, so that's good too. It's such an enhancement on the nineteen eighty six script, which it's was the same script, a goofball script. This is a really well written movie. Well written. One scenes. could even say it's a rewritten movie. No, because they put. <laughs> The entire finale, extra half hour at the end of it. Act three, they work it in. They work the mission into the whole movie. The last time they graduated from Top Gun, and then oh, guess what? Here's the last hour of the movie. Here's your mission. That was ridiculous. They mm-hmm. put the mission in the whole movie. It, it was really, I, in my opinion, it was really. I'm well just written. busting your chops. I'm picking it. Too. You, <laughs> sir. We're out of order. I picked it too. I have All Quiet as well. I have Women Talking as well. I have Top Gun Maverick. I think, again, I mean, it's weird to say about a screenplay category. I don't mm-hmm. necessarily think it has the resume. Obviously, we just said it only has Scripter, I think. But this, it's showing up here could be a show of strength category. And the screenplay category is not usually a show of strength category. But if you have like crew showing up, an actor, and mm-hmm. the screenplay showing up here, then you start to wonder, all right, something could be going on. It could With be a best picture chance. Could be a Top Gun Maverick bias in my head, but I do think it's going to perform well at the the nomination stage at the very least of these Academy Awards. And this is a spot to give Top Gun Maverick a surprise nomination. She said, "Should be here." It should. Uh, it's be. one of the. It's for me. It's one of the three best movies of the year. I don't care if it doesn't show up. I'm being stubborn and picking it. But she said now has choice BAFTA. And USC scripter, so that's enough of a reason for me to should pick win she this said fucking here. category. That that movie is all script, and but it's I, so so well done. I tell you what, you look back at the scripted five nominees and adapted, and you typically get good scripts. And to me, these are good compositions. I, I kind of went with my gut here as much as anything. So that's that's the screenplay categories. So we, we, we have the same uh, woman talking. We have all quiet. We have she said. We have Top Gun Maverick. You went with living. Look, living wouldn't surprise me. Obviously, white noise wouldn't sh- wouldn't shock me as an upset five uh, fifth nominee, and neither would Wakanda Forever. And I, I picked Wakanda Forever just because I think it had the most accessibility. I mean, white noise you could argue had had equal or if not more accessibility being on Netflix, but I think it's such a niche movie. But I'm sure more members of the Academy watched Wakanda Forever than did Living. Wakanda that I know. Wakanda Forever had an impossible writing job, so I wouldn't be I wouldn't be upset if that happened at all. I love. Uh... I love that script, even though the whole Noah's Ark battle probably played out better on the, sc- on the screenplay than it did in the VFX room. Yeah, I, I, I will be wrong, but I'll be happily wrong by supporting Wakanda forever. I don't blame you. It's a good script. Uh, animated feature. Look, Pinocchio's winning this thing. Pin- Pinocchio got a Baphnam. Marcel the Shell with shoes on. Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, and Turning Red. We talked about them being the big four. I didn't know there was a caveat in the BAFTA rules that they can go and stretch from three to four nominees, but that's what they did, Mike. <laughs> it upset a lot of people, too. They were like, I have those four already. <laughs> I need the fifth one. 
they picked three and they, they, why couldn't you expand it to five and anyway all right i think there's uh, i think those four are solid i think we both yes. got them right yep absolutely i think we have the same five as a matter of fact here yeah we do Wendelin wild has a choice nomination and an annie nomination inuo has an annie indie nomination and a globe nomination beyond that i do think this field can deepen a little bit you have uh, Annie no- Indie nominations throughout the card. You have, I mean, Annie's loved the Sea Beasts with six noms overall. The Annie's loved a lot of films, and that is typically, you know, something of a predictor. I mean, the Annie's are about as predictive as anything else. So you can go deeper on the card. I just think there's an obvious two-way race between Inuo and Wendell and Wild that, as a pundit, I have to kind of be a sucker towards. And when I think about Jordan Peele as a screenwriter, as yep. a voice actor, and as a PGA producer of Henry Selleck, who's been nominated before for Coraline's Wendell and Wild, which was a fun watch, even though maybe I overhyped it and I had too high, uh, you know, lofty expectations for Wendell and Wild, I still thought it was visually uh, it was incredible. And Wendell and Wild is a solid nominee in any year. So I don't know. Inuo kind of plays like a music video for the last hour. Which yeah, is been high on cool, yeah. which is fun. I just I'd be surprised if enough people saw it. I'd be surprised if enough people in that branch went with the uh, the different structure. I mean, it's like Bo- Bohemian Rhapsody's ending, but for an hour. I mean, it was it rocks, but in you owe it is not the typical story structure. It's also much easier to get your hands on Wendell and Wild than it is in you It's just sitting there on Netflix. Who knows? Maybe some. Uh, Mm-hmm. Animated feature branch members had to babysit their kids with it, for all we know. Who knows? Uh, I would just be on the lookout if you're looking for a fifth that's maybe off the beaten path. The bad guys did really well at the box office, and a lot of people were very high on it that saw it. I don't think it's it, going to get nominated, but I would just... such a kid's movie. I watched it. Yeah. It is It is made for little kids. So I, I'd Turning be Red wasn't? Turning Red has this... It has this ability to make me Puss and, and my Boots mother... wasn't? It has the ability to make me and my mother cry times two. Okay, well, it is still a children's movie. <laughs> well, that's not my fault that I still cry at it. But just tell, I mean, it's, it's your argument, man. <laughs> Let's move on to the BAFTA category of film not in the English language. Uh, All Quiet on the Western Front, Argentina, 1985, Corsage, which is Corsage. Inc- incorrect pronunciation. Mm-hmm. Decision to Leave and The Quiet Girl are your BAFTA nominations. And Michael, I have no idea with this category. You could pick any one of these 15 Academy shortlisted movies, and I would not be surprised if international feature goes any which way. Yeah. Really won't be. I, I no. think I'm going to be a conservative pundit here and say something similar to Mr. Feinberg, but not exactly like him. All Quiet on the Western Front seems to have a strong case at this That's point. That's in. Yep. Argentina 1985 still hasn't missed. I know some people bumped it out of their nominations, Feinberg included. I'm still going with Argentina 1985. It's in BAFTA. It, it has a big win on its resume, too. But yeah, I Golden Globes. Yep. Decision to Leave has gotten much more love late, and, I, and it got much love early in the season from Cannes to, to a bunch of critics associations. So Park Chan Wook showing up in the director category at BAFTA is a big deal, too. It should be here. I want it here. It's in my top 10 on the year. Decision to Leave. I'm picking Same. it. Same. Close I have not seen yet, but I'm going on reputation. Close is beloved by so many pundits, so many film festival goers. I'm picking Close. EO is going to be my fifth, Michael. Did they, we, pick the, we pick the same five again, Mike. 
and without knowing that we picked the no, same. No, yeah, five. I didn't even. I thought we were different in this category. Yeah, no, I have I have close and EO as my last two as well. Feinberg has EO in the second spot. Yeah, he, and that's why I picked it. He has EO as a cinch. So yeah. that's exactly why I went with it as well. And yeah. I didn't want to. I wanted to go with a Holy Spider, which I just saw. And Czar Amir Ibrahim, he's incredible in it. It's kind of a rough watch. It's a serial killer movie. It's scary. It's, there's a lot of strangulations. He's a strangler killer. Oh, my God. Hmm. Begrudging B-, minus, but you can't... I mean, it's undeniable how well-made, well-written, well-performed Holy Spider was. St. Omer. St. Omer should be here. It's going to be in my top 20 on the year. But the, I just, I would be surprised that it's a, it's like one camera stuck on a person's face for like a 20-minute scene, which must be you in the courtroom half the time, just staring at one person telling their their story, which is probably accurate to how it actually, you know, rolls down. But this is a courtroom drama, Saint-Omer. It should be there, B-plus 87 all day. Really was shocked at how powerful a viewing experience that was. But you thought Argentina 1985 was a better legal procedural? Well, Argentina 1985 plays like Spotlight. It's just bouncing around. It's fast moving. It's fast talking. Gotcha. It's, it's it's an incredible opus in terms of a courtroom drama. But I it, like Return to Soul won the Boston Society of Film Critics. Joyland has been winning, you know, just the hearts of people everywhere of being a Pakistani movie about a about a, a trans romance and my god it's it's breaking down barriers the blue caftan yeah. lgbtq plus movie that again could could show up and surprise people it wasn't supposed to be there in the uh the shortlist at the academy level there's all these great selections for the international feature category this year and yet the big showdown we're not gonna get we've been robbed of it because rrr isn't eligible it's got to be sour graves for rr to sit back and watch all quiet on the western front have what could and should have been arguably rrr's path i mean all quiet on the western front is going to be you know like we just said earlier a lock for best picture nomination and uh, all quiet on the western front is and rrr could have done this exact same path taking the international feature category by storm been the talk of the town in hollywood you had a push for a director done well at all these other film uh precursors award shows and mm-hmm. it's just it's just not eligible. Not eligible. They picked the last uh, last film show instead, I, which I haven't watched yet. I, I, I meant to, and I didn't. But yeah, people, uh, Bardo's kind of fallen off a little bit, even though it's in, in the shortlist. And Corsage has fallen off a little bit. I wish Vicky Crapes was in, in the actress uh, competition. She's not really there. I wouldn't be totally shocked if she showed up because she's so good in that dang movie. BAFTA picked Corsage, though. I'm, you never know. And everybody's picking Michael. Here's where we're going to look foolish. Everybody's picking The Quiet Girl. Everybody. I wonder if that's BAFTA recency bias. I don't know. Everybody including... I prefer my girls loud. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> you have no choice in the matter. Uh, neither do I. Anyway, we are going both... We are going with All Quiet Argentina, Decision to Leave Close. I've been behind that Donkey slash Nelly movie (laughs) since I first heard about it. Donkey movie is very powerful. I saw it. The filmmaking is extraordinary. I've not seen it. I don't care about it. I just want that to, I just want to be able to say, Andale, Andale, Mama, EI, EI. Uh oh. Mm -hmm. What's happening now? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. For that. We need uh, to pick it up a little bit. Documentary feature, Mike. <laughs> all right. All That Breathes, All the Beauty and the Bloodshed, Fire of Love, Moon Age Daydream, and Navalny are your BAFTA noms. 
all that breathes has the best resume. All the beauty sure. in the blood, all the beauty in the bloodshed has the second best resume. Sure. Those are clear. Fire okay. of Love has a resume that rivals them, just not as many wins, even though it started the season out with enough wins from Nat Geo. I'm okay. going with those three. I'm also going with Navalny. I have that. Because it's shown up everywhere. However, I I get a little bit of pause wondering if Zaslav is going to campaign his undercard <laughs> movies the same way. But I also don't necessarily believe that WB's campaigning necessarily matters as much in this category. Finally, like this could go any which way. How do you bet against the Bo- Obamas? I don't know, but that's what I did. When the Academy goes to the popular taste level, they go for a musical biopic. And Moon Age Daydream is perhaps the best one of those made in the last five years, ten years, who knows. The David Bowie biopic is so much fun. It's also very artistic. I would prefer a bad axe get nominated here. I would I could totally see Descendant coming back, even though I'm a little worried about its absences of late. Yes, Mr. Feinberg, I could see Last Flight Home get in here, even though that's a soul-crushing, however, you know, therapeutic watch it was about end of life. Yes, I could see a house made of splinters, Mrs. Thompson, show up here. <laughs> but I don't know. I just I haven't seen enough precursor love for it when these other films have just been so lauded. And I said All the Beauty and the Bloodshed was not necessarily going to be the type of quote-unquote frontrunner that would get vetoed at the Academy stage because it's such a journalistic powerhouse. It's a movie that they could get behind without thinking that, oh my God, this is going to be the the winner that it shouldn't be. We can't just nominate the frontrunner because it's going to win when the rest of the Academy sees it. I don't think All the Beauty and the Bloodshed is in that realm. So I think it still gets in here because everybody's loved it thus far, including at Venice to start the season. The other two possibilities here, Michael, retrograde in the territory from Nat Geo, both on Disney Plus, journalistic powerhouses in their own right about the fall of Kabul and the Taliban overtaking Afghanistan. God help us, that was a terrifying movie. And then indigenous people living in the rainforest and their lands are just being stolen from them after the, the new regime took hold in Brazil. My God, those are journalistic, three-sided dice in mm. terms of uh, movie-watching experiences. Thank you for letting me go on that rant. I don't know why you commit yourself to this category so wholeheartedly every year after what they do to us time and time again. Nothing makes me feel dumber <laughs> than the documentary feature nominees. I always feel dumb. I did All That Breeds, All the Beauty and the Bloodshed. I did The Descendant because our descendant because Obama had it on his list. Yeah. That's the only reason I picked it, and I did Navalny, and I did Retrograde as well with the journalistic thinking behind it. But That's it's, it. it's also smart because is Nat Geo going to have how many contenders? I mean, they got so I, many I, contenders. Fire of Love I refuse, is a, Until they come around to logic, I yeah. refuse to dedicate my mind power to the Doc Feature branch. <laughs> Fire of Love could eventually... I mean, is Fire of Love the my octopus teacher that they're afraid of winning? Maybe. Maybe. It could be. So I could see that. Anyway, that is documentary feature. Original score. Let's head into the music pet categories. All Quiet on the Western Front, Babylon, Banshees, Everything Everywhere, and Pinocchio are your BAFTA noms. All right. Babylon won the globe. Guillermo should del Toro. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio should win the Oscar Babylon. Pinocchio's been nominated everywhere else, including the Guild. Yep. 
Banshees nominated everywhere, including BAFTA and the Guild, Society of Lyricists, Composers and Lyricists. Women Talking, perhaps the next strongest resume, even though it missed BAFTA, Close and Globe, Fablemans, or Choice and Globe, I should say. Glenn Close's award show and Globe. <laughs> I, that's my five. Pinocchio, Women Talking, Fablemans, Banshees, with Babylon still in the lead. However... There's there's options in original score. I took uh, Banshees out and put Fablemans in. And I have I have a, Fablemans. It's just a legacy thing. I, have, uh, I what do I have? Oh, uh, I put Black Panther again. I I ended up defaulting to Black Panther a lot. I don't disagree. I mean, he won the category, Garanson. Right. And this is this is like a loaded like we've been spoiled in the last few years with uh, scores and big names in scores, and it's kind of all culminating this year. With you know the Hurwitzes and and the Gorensons and the the John Williamses, like they're all here. They, they brought into tears. They're all here this year, and it could be like a battle royale of the royalty of this category. Hilder and Burwell's scores to me feel like Academy nominated scores. They're they're so they sound like them to me in my head. I was not score deaf listening. They they stuck out. They really moved me in in the moment. I I remember Banshees opening up. I remember like the Tinkle Bell kind of weird haunting music i remember banshees too i can't remember why i there was a something it missed or it wasn't somewhere and it's why i left it off banshees missed critics choice that couldn't have been it i don't put a lot of stock in the critics choice anyway everything everywhere and all quiet getting bath the noms gives me pause an original score here yeah i wanted to disrupt my five but i i made that that five up before BAFTA, and I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with it. I can't remember why I didn't put Banshees because Banshees is one of the ones that stuck with me too. But all right, I'll I'll stay with it. I won't change anything for now. We'll go original song. I mean, Carter Burwell was also nominated before, right, for Ballad of Buster Scruggs, I think. Anyway, original song, not to not to Golden Globe and the Critics' Choice winner. That's in, right? Yes. Top Gun. Yes. Top Gun got Lady Gaga. Lyricist Globe Choice nominees, or Guild Choice Globe nominees, that's in. I think Rihanna is still in, in my opinion. Do you have I Rihanna? Agree. Yep. Black Panther. I, I, I got a lot of Black Panther. I, I don't blame you. And she's was the favorite for a long time, but she's yep. also been nominated uh, everywhere. Guild Choice Globe. Another Guild Choice Globe nominee for me is Chow Papa of Pinocchio. I put that in. And I think I'm actually going to change my fifth pick. You had, so your your fifth pick you had is what I had sixth. White Noise is a pick that I want. I want New Body Rumba from LCD Sound System. Yeah. Me and Andrew Morgan do our groceries to it. I want that to get nominated, but I'm going to go in another direction. Who do you have as your fifth? I will believe that Taylor Swift doesn't get nominated when I see it. I don't even remember a note of the song. Doesn't matter. I, I don't if that If that song assaulted me in the street, <laughs> I wouldn't be able to pick it out. However, we have not seen, we have not seen that song, like, pub- publicized many places. But Nope. But we have also not seen the superstar musicians, singer-songwriters always get nominated here. We've seen nope. them get snubbed. But she's not your typical just... I mean, look, Selena Gomez wouldn't surprise me either, but Taylor Swift is 
a, a multifaceted performer. I mean, she has her hands in the acting branch as well. I know this is just the, the music, uh, this, the song people voting on this, but she is that musician. She's got everywhere in the musical world. She's got her hands in the acting branches. I mean, she's well-connected to the Academy. She was in Amsterdam. I mean, that's something. I don't know what it is, but it's something. A lot of people are picking Rita Wilson, Tom Hanks' wife, singing a song about marriage and love forever loving her husband slash character at a man called Otto till you're home. I'm not going to go that direction. I'm going to go with the person who's been nominated 18 times. This will be 19 Diane Warren. I'm changing my pick here. <laughs> we got to remember I'm going to put <laughs> this poor woman. Why? A- why would you do this to her? <laughs> Tell it like a woman. And the reason why I'm going with Diane Warren and Sophia Carlson's song. I haven't heard a note of it. I am going because it got nominated at the Guild. <laughs> she's not winning the Oscar when she just got an honorary one. She's not winning, but she's going to get nominated again, no? Yeah, but why? Then why? Don't do this to her. <laughs> Feinberg's getting Selena Gomez. You're going with, what was your Taylor fifth? Swift. You're going Where with Taylor Swift. Sing. I'm going with Diane Warren. David Byrne wouldn't surprise me either for everything everywhere. Coattails, been everywhere maybe. lately. I yeah, love he's, Talking Heads. He's been campaigning. He's been in a lot of places that David Byrne doesn't usually show up to. So, I could see it. All right. Film editing. All Quiet on the Western Front. Banshees, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, and Top Gun Maverick were the BAFTA nominations, Michael. I have Top Gun leading this category since the summer. I'm Is there anything with it. else you feel comfortable with other than Top Gun and Elvis? I mean, maybe Avatar in this category, but like, who are the givens? Top Gun and Elvis, I feel comfortable. Avatar is... Feinberg's number two, which again is a deciding vote for me. Same here. Same it, here. Because it's only been nominated at Critics' Choice. Now we are le- we are really left in the weeds on film editing because the Ace Eddies don't come out until the first of February. And those usually we have those beforehand. Those are much more predictive yep. than BAFTA or Critics' Choice. But we're kind of flying a little blind here, which is why we feel so lousy about our picks but everything everywhere all at once just won the critics choice there's certainly a quantity of editing there that's a muscular edit i get it i'm gonna vote for it and the fablemans for me that's your composition well edited movie that you know spielberg's been here done that his films have played well in editing before so i'm this gonna go is with so stupid we have the same those five, five. there's Again. no way that happens we you don't even read my copy and you just yeah you no know? i didn't read your co- yeah i just uh, this this is dumb that's dumb that's dumb of us. I think ACDC wrote a song about this <laughs> on a highway. Was it Who Made You? Oh. <laughs> no stop sign. No speed limits. <laughs> Nobody going to slow me down, Michael. It was Sound Have Drink on Me, of course, is the yeah. song where. Yeah. Sound, go ahead. BAFTA noms include All Quiet on the Western Front, Elvis, Avatar, Tar, and Top Gun. Your brother loves Have a Drink on Me by ACDC more than any human being, by the way. John <laughs> loves that song. I didn't know that about yes. him. I love that song. Uh, but it, uh, At his funeral, if I outlive him, which won't happen, but at his funeral, the two things I'll take with me to the grave about John is loved have a drink on me, loved bands that sounded like you're taking a tool chest and throwing it against your garage wall. All right. Well, here's a question for you. <laughs> when that song came on at the bar, did he buy everybody drinks? No. <laughs> <laughs> and my memory of him is putting on that song and just like nodding to himself and be like, yeah. <laughs> so what good was it? I mean, if you forced yourself to buy drinks for your friends every time that song came on at the bar, 
then it would at least make sense. <laughs> oh, please, God, no, don't turn it on again. But you would at least broke. get a drink about it, a drink out of it. <laughs> right, right. Top Gun is leading this category most likely, even though everything everywhere has a lot of guild noms, let's just say. So I did some research on this. To me, the strongest resumes, Top Gun, Elvis, Avatar, everything everywhere, they've been showing up. All Quiet on the Western Front is my addition because of how it's been War playing movies, internationally. Yeah. But you know what? I'm sorry. That that showed up everywhere, too, in the in the U.S. guilds, which I think is a show of strength for it. Uh, the other one I mentioned, uh, or the one I did not mention I took out, was Batman. I moved Batman out of this for All Quiet because I just think war movies, dude, they're always in here. Greyhound. Yeah, I discovered that trend years ago. You thief. <laughs> <laughs> something i just discovered <laughs> 1917 dunkirk hacksaw ridge they are three oscar winner, winners yes, and you know what Mike? i know those are war movies did you, you know hear that me? do you see me do i exist to you <laughs> they are movies you mean just in tribute and in you know to the to the horrible wars that humanity's fought against one another and but, i as your leader in this I have discovered this trend. Um, yes, I agree with All Quiet on the Western Front for sound. I I have a recurring theme for the rest of these categories that's going to uh-huh. keep popping up. Why is Avatar a lock? Avatar. Why is Avatar a lock to show up? Like it's The sound of Avatar blew you away? What sound? It got both guilds. It got BAFTA, and we know BAFTA wasn't very fond of Yeah, but Avatar it's not good. <laughs> BAFTA is surrounded by water. And yet, they do not agree with the way. They... I have Top Gun, Elvis, All Quiet. I kept Avatar out just to be obstinate. I put Black Panther in here, too, which I'm learning has been my default. Uh, I did leave Batman in, though. Black Panther has not gotten anything. It's just on the Oscar shortlist. Yeah, but it's a Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. They right. like making up sounds. Usually, they have like one Star Wars, Marvel, something in sound. You're not going to go with the fun pick of Moonage, like Spillage, Daydream? I thought about it. it. I considered it. I considered everything everywhere, which had a lot of uh, hype as well, a lot of support on its resume. I'll do that. I'll do everything everywhere out of Black Panther. I don't know why I went so Black Panther heavy. Maybe nice. I like blacked out in between filling out every category and was like, oh, here's a cool idea. I could put Black Panther here instead, but it All happened right. 18 times. So you changed a pick. I changed one yeah. pick. There you go. Production design, Michael. Production design at BAFTA went to All Quiet on the Western Front. I have Black Panther here. Do you? No, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> All Quiet on the Western Front for production design at BAFTA. All the trenches. Babylon, Batman, Elvis, and Pinocchio also got BAFTA nominees. Where are you going with production I design? I should put Pinocchio in. I do have Wakanda Forever here as well. Well, Wakanda Forever, those are some awesome sets. And, and so, unique to the first film as well. Why why is Avatar a player in production? Isn't the thing about Avatar about how amazing it was in VFX and how everything was green screened and mocapped? We're going to celebrate their production design because they had a green screen box that was digitally animated into trees and stumps? Critics Choice, Art Directors Guild, Set Designers. That movie sucked. Society of America. God, that movie sucked. <laughs> Babylon's going to be a multiple-time Oscar winner, and Avatar probably won't be, and that's what I'm going to rest my head at night about this Oscar season. Ah, uh, whatever does it for you, my friend. Uh, that movie was bad. It is tempting 
not to pick all quiet on the Western front again here. And yeah, I just can't resist. I can't resist. I went back to all quiet on the Western front again here. I did too. Do we have the Seven. same five? Yeah, we do have the same five. No, Seven we don't. times. I'm sorry. You have. I Well, Babylon, Elvis, Black Panther, and yes. I took Avatar out again. Avatar for me. Or I put Glass Onion. I don't disagree with that as as a aesthetic choice because it's so funny the production design in Glass Onion and it plays a role in the movie and it got both guilds and it's easily accessible. Yeah, I mean, I just you know, that's what I, I I'm gonna stick by that. I like that. I also went all quiet as well. Avatar sucks. I don't know. Production <laughs> design is hard. There's a lot of guilds and there's also a lot of nominations from Babylon's winning because the Critics Choice said so. That's all I know about production design. <laughs> that's a good point. Uh, Critics Choice. More than the Sex Panther by Odeon. The, the Critics' Choice, it's the it's the most sure cross, like it's more sure than the DGA noms are to Oscar noms, which is like a 90% hit rate. They are the gatekeepers of award season, <laughs> as we've established. Cinematography, the BAFTA noms are all quiet on the Western front. The Batman, Elvis, Empire of Light, and Top Gun Maverick. Top Gun has been kind of the leader on the season. I'm going with it. Uh... I have Elvis in here, Empire of Light, Batman, and Avatar. I took out Babylon as I'm sad to do so because it's lower on Feinberg's list and there's no guild for Babylon. I'm tempted to add Tar to this list, Michael, because it won the Golden Frog. A lot of people have it. Critics' Choice nominee and Golden Frog winner Tar for Cinematography. Not going to do it, though. All right, so you're Top Gun, Elvis, Empire of Light, Batman, and Avatar. Mm-hmm. You're going to tell me that this branch is going to vote for Empire of Light. Empire of Light's going to get nominated, but not Olivia Coleman when Olivia Coleman could be nominated? He's a big name, Michael. He is. I know it's Deacons. I don't have it. I took. Uh, I took. I didn't do Empire of Light. I did the Fablemans. I have Top Gun, Elvis, Avatar, regretfully, the Fablemans, and Batman. Toby Jones, even if you just saw the trailer, he's talking about Roger Deakins' cinematography, the whole trailer. They at least saw the trailer. All right. That's, I that's think cool. I put Fablemans in just on uh, strength of uh, the one show joke? strength idea. The one joke at the end the of the movie? The one joke, yes. The Did one you? joke at the end of the movie. I actually didn't even think of that, but yes, now that's my reasoning for it. <laughs> that's cinematography. Makeup and hairstyling. BAFTA noms include All Quiet on the Western Front, Batman, Elvis, Matilda which I agree with, by the way. The Emma Thompson makeup is hilarious and realistic. And then the whale, which is makeup prosthetics that are terrifying and realistic. Those are your BAFTA noms. Look, the whale and Elvis have seemed to be duking out on duking this one out in, in the makeup and hairstyle category on our shores. Which is odd considering that, that Tom Hanks from Elvis and Brendan Fraser from The Whale have the same face makeup on. They, they have this. <laughs> one looks realistic and the other one does not in my opinion <laughs> however they're, they're they're duking it out right now and yeah. look the elvis the rest of the hairstyles are hilariously beautifully just decadent i love it they're good they're really really good they did great to to compare photos to the time and then you have stories about how colin farrell and full penguin make makeup the Penguishman, <laughs> full makeup. He went out into just life. He just went out off a set and went into gas stations with the Penguin makeup and nobody batted an eye. 
Yeah, I have Batman as well. So Batman is there. Three prosthetic just marvels. Much and more then, makeup than hairstyling. Look, I think Black Panther deserves to be here. It's gotten all the guilds. And then I'm all not going to stop nominating it now. Yeah, it's there for me. All Quiet is my fifth. And so I made the case Batman. for All Quiet saying how they it should be nominated in makeup and hair because of all the blood and mud and gunk that's on every actor in all these scenes. And yet I don't pick it. It won at the European Film Awards, which typically, going back to Cold War and the favorite in my brain, even though the favorite came out afterwards, it matters. I don't yeah. know. I went with Blonde. Blonde for, is a cool pick. For I mean, no reason other than biopic, easily accessible, Marilyn Monroe, and I would think a lot of makeup and hair people are going to compare that to the real-life thing and be impressed by what happened. It's a total gut shot. They also made prosthetics of vaginas. <laughs> so. I thought that's what we were saying corsages were. Anyway. <laughs> Costume design. <laughs> Bafta knobs. All quiet on the Western Front. Amsterdam. I Babylon. really have Wakanda Forever nominated in every category. <laughs> Big day for Wakanda Forever. <laughs> Coming up, you see. Costume design, Bath Noms. All Quiet, Amsterdam, Babylon, Elvis, Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. I couldn't pick it, just out of principle. <laughs> I couldn't. I know you did, and it's going to be there, and you should, and you're right. But out of principle, I couldn't do it. There's no way Ruthie Carter gets snubbed for Black nope. Panther, does she? Critics' None. Choice winner, yeah. even though we're... Searching, you know, they got a lot of nominations at the Costume Direct Designers Guild as well. But we're picking Black that and, That and Elvis, and I think everything everywhere should be set, right? Babylon should kind of be in here as well. So I get, I get the argument, and that, I mean, I think the most iconic look, or one of the most iconic looks from 2022 is going to be that shot of Margot Robbie crowd surfing in that red dress. So, yeah, it should be, but I don't, I just... Look, if there's support for Babylon that I don't see, I'm going to be thrilled on nomination day. I'm going to change my pick here because for some reason I forgot to put everything everywhere. Okay. Uh, Babylon, I agree with you. Babylon should be in here. I'm going to go to everything everywhere and Mrs. Harris goes to Paris because my it's going to be, I mean, it always so. it's, 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 it's the stand in for the period piece. I put all quiet as the stand in for the period piece this year. And I have the woman King too. Just because I had their great costumes. I had the Woman King in there and I forgot about everything everywhere. So now I'm this is this we're going deep in the weeds. So uh, here in terms of our it's the second hour. I'm amazed we're even coherent. You're Black Panther, Elvis, Babylon, Mrs. Harris, and everything everywhere. I am Harris features the dress in the movie. Didn't you see it? it? Yes, it has to be. I agree. I just can't do it. I won't do it. Did you know you're listening and your mother's listening and I refuse to do it? Did we go to that as a no, group? No, we, we didn't. I think you invited me, and I told you to F off. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, I have Black Panther, Elvis, uh, everything everywhere. Those are the three we have in common. You have Babylon and Mrs. Harris. I have the Woman King in All Quiet. Thank you for pulling this back together. VFX. VFX. All Quiet on the Western Front. Avatar, Batman, Everything Everywhere, and Top Gun are the BAFTA nominations. We have seen Avatar running away with this category yeah, at the Critics Association's gonna level. It's fine. It's going to win. Top Gun is also in the Top mix. Top Gun, I mean, look, the, the hope you have, and this is why I want I almost put nope too, but the hope you have is that this category historically leans more practical than digital effect. Right. 
Top Gun so also if that's the case, missed. then Top Gun, yeah, Top Gun could be a big player. It got Visual Effects Society. It got Critics' Choice and now BAFTA. Batman, has, I love the effects in Batman. They're good. Black Panther on rewatch. I respected them much more when I saw them at a much larger theater. And then I think All Quiet's got the combination of practical effects, which is lauded, yep. like you said, this category. And then they did some CGI that was pretty incredible as well. I uh, I did Avatar as well. I did Top Gun as well. Batman, I probably should have, but I didn't. Not going to be surprised to hear me say what kind of forever I have. I leaned practical with 13 lives. Just I wouldn't be surprised to see like something show up for that. I don't know that it's necessarily going to be here, but I picked 13 lives. And I don't know, like, did a Star Wars happen this year? <laughs> <laughs> no. No? All right. Eh, give me Jurassic World, whatever then. You wrote Jurassic World de poopy. It was terrible. I will not and will never see any of those movies. That pleases me. Mike, my tallies, uh, you didn't tally yours, did you? I didn't tally. No, I did not tally. Anything. I think I tallied. Wakanda Forever, I feel comfortable saying, had 16 nominations. You probably had nothing short of 20 (laughs) nominations for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Got a lot Um, of hopes tied up into that movie. Everything every all everywhere all at once got ten nominees for me. Top Gun Maverick eight, Banshees eight, All Quiet seven. God help me. I mean, that's you know, if I were to put the over under on how many double digit nominees nominated movies we have, it's going to be one point five. What are you taking? Does Banshees get to ten? I think we think everything everywhere will. I don't know. I think it's more spread out this year. I'm going under. I don't know. Do you think there's one? I think there's one i think everything everywhere based on my predictions which are always right <laughs> i said there's only one so there's only going to be one there's only going to be one what do you i just read my tallies were you, you not listening to, you want me to hedge my bet that hard after this three hour endeavor if i bet a hundred percent there Look, will be only one i have to do this frenzy of academy shorts presentations here michael because i watched 17 of the shortlist oh my shorts. god you didn't I even did let me this. know you were doing that i did this for the people that i disappointed last year that we disappointed last year I, you should have let me in on it to let me know where you were watching them. i wrote four pages in this okay it's a 20 page document so i don't believe blame you for not reading the whole thing <laughs> i watched le pupil the poopy in italian um the student in italian on disney plus about Italian students at an orphanage is kind of cute. Homages to film, uh, silent filmmaking, which was cute, but the it was scattershot. Come on, come on, come on, pick it up. Night Ride, which I reviewed a little person stealing, hijacking a, tr- a, tr- a trolley in the middle of the night, which was pretty fun. Um, huh. So those are my live action short takeaways. I could see them both getting nominated. Look at documentary short. Nuisance Bear is excellent. Holding Moses destroyed and rebuilt me as a human being really and my emotions in What's a 16 minute short holding moses go watch that it's it's about parenting i loved it it's on youtube the new yorker has it uh, the, the new yorker has a bunch of their nominated or shortlisted shorts on youtube by the way nuisance bear and holding moses are two of them 38 at the gardens about jeremy lynn i loved it it's on hbo max and then the martha mitchell effect about Watergate, Richard Nixon, and, and certainly John Mitchell's wife, Martha Mitchell. 40 minutes, really snappy and fun. Loved it on Netflix. Elephant Whisperers, adorable. The greatest elephant mommy and daddy movie ever made. 
<laughs> the Elephant Whisperers, really good on Netflix as well. And as far as they can run, as far as they can run is about the Special Olympics in Pakistan and the efforts to expand the number of people participating in it. I loved it. Really meaningful. Very good. Now, animated short. The Boy, the Mole, the Fox, and the Horse. Gorgeously animated. I hated every second of it. <laughs> Nothing but positive <laughs> affirmations about life and love and telling kids good things about not being depressed and how to deal with their emotions and their feelings. Mm-hmm. I despised it. Right. It was beautiful. It was gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, life affirming. I feel about After Sun. Yeah. I hated the ever-living shit out of the boy, the mole, the fox, and the horse. It's on Apple TV+. Plus. Go enjoy your lives and watch, watch it. Save Ralph is three minutes and like 42 seconds voiced by Taika Watiti on YouTube. Save Ralph is terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Shook me to the bone. <laughs> Go watch it. I'm not even going to tell you a thing about what All it's right. about. If you're a rabbit uh, o- a pet owner, it's going to scare the crap out of you. More Than I Want to Remember is on Paramount+. Plus. It's it's moving. It's well animated. My Year of Dicks. <laughs> it's an adorable movie about uh, a, girl, a 15-year-old girl's animated journey, obviously, about her love life as a high school kid. And right. it's very funny. And it's awkward as hell. I was cringing. I was upside down on the couch watching this I thing. I can't believe you sat through it. I can't believe I did either, but it, it's well made, really well done. I, I hope it gets nominated. My year of dicks. Steakhouse, just bone chilling. Animated feature, 16 minutes. You know how to get your bone chilled? No, that's the wrong phrasing. Yeah, I got 16 my minutes during my year of dicks. <laughs> Steakhouse. <laughs> the Flying Sailor, Mike. The Flying Sailor is redonkulous. Just, just an experience. Watch The Flying Sailor animated on YouTube. The Garbage Man is also on YouTube. I kind of zoned out there. It's kind of a unique way to do that movie. It's just it's just basically uh, you you recorded your family dinner, right, with all your relatives, and then you animated it That's as a, a filmmaker. That's a idea for me. Well, this person did that and just grandpa. Just silence and stress. <laughs> grandpa and grandma telling stories about their garbage men of yore. Mm. Anyway, Ice mer- Merchants which is a load of cock shit bald nonsense. <laughs> no, it was adorable. It was adorable, but I am afraid of heights. And this nonsense land of these this father and son, it was adorable. It had a great message. And it, it had a happy ending. So if you're afraid of it, Ice Merchants is still very good. It's on YouTube. Go watch it. My God. Give me uh, your top three. Well, Holding Mo- Moses in Documentary Short. I would say an animated short, My Year of Dicks. Okay. <laughs> Still. <laughs> but I also love the the Elephant Whisperers, probably. Those are my top three. And it's it's also go. a documentary short. I just love them. Good job by you. I'll be diving into the shorts when we get those nominations. I can't believe you took that test. The, the things you have committed yourself to through MMO. I mean, I you're hitting a niche because there nobody else covers these things. The shorts, the doc feature branch, the international feature as extensively as you do. So credit no, to Clayton, you and credit to us. Clayton Davis does a better job. <laughs> but I can't believe you do it. <laughs> well, I, I'm just saying, you know, pun, other pundits have done better. You have done zero. So you... Uh, I'm not bothering. You know, 
Look, until the documentary feature brands apologizes to me about Mr. Rogers, I'm not paying attention to them. Apollo 11 was egregious. Egregious. There's definitely a year, forthcoming year of your life, where you're going to do the thing where I only watch nonfiction. You're going to be like the dad, <laughs> the, the father-in-law of in Sideways. You're like, I don't watch fiction. I only watch nonfiction. You're going to hold a grudge against Avatar, the seed bearer. <laughs> And there's future Oscar chances there, and you're going to be like, I'm done. I'm only watching that documentaries. Might, that might happen. That might come to pass. There's <laughs> a very real chance. If Avatar's nominated in production design after all the horse shit I had to listen to all year about how great it is with the mocap and VFX of shit. Ugh. Anyway. Well, those were our Oscar predictions. <laughs> our Oscar Short, non-predictions, anyway. A little snappy episode. Yeah, a quick, uh, quick little tidbit, a bite, a uh, sousant <laughs> of information for you that you can hopefully uh, satiate yourself with. As always, what matters most to us, dear listeners, are your picks. Uh, you have until Tuesday to get them to us. We want to see your picks and predictions, and what do you think about ours? Where, uh, how many times do you think Wakanda Forever is going to be nominated? If it's less than 10, I don't want to hear about it. Uh, let us know all of that, as well as any other thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns you have about anything else we do here in the M. MMO Empire. As always, you can leave us those on our social medias. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook and Instagram, at MM and Oscar on Twitter, Mike, Mike, and Oscar at gmail.com.com. And on Reddit, we are available wherever you do hear podcasts. If you're listening to us on either the Apple Podcasts or Spotify app, if you appreciate what we do here, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a five star review, those help us out immensely. Thank you to everyone who has done so thus far. Michael, uh, this was a huge episode. Tell the good people what's coming next and what's some words of wisdom for them. Well, it's wise to thank all our listeners who get this far and basically it's i'm gonna expand the list now i think it's mom mm-hmm. thanks okay. mom for everything you do thank you also mom. i think it's uh pedro all right. yeah pedro's it's a good listener yeah voicek Vo- voicek sure david long yes and and probably stacy i think stacy yeah. is true. a big fan and I, yeah. I really appreciate her patronage all these years and um that's so those five, five people and 40 percent of them are women they're listening <laughs> Uh, to so us we, babble. We, we appeal to across the spectrum, really, is what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, av- all these advertisers asking us for our <laughs> demographics. There you go. <laughs> it's as much research as we're going to do. Um, so I don't know. There's no words of wisdom to follow that um, that uh, that deserve to be said. So I'll just Use tell you guys Manscaped. <laughs> yeah, go get Manscaped. <laughs> Manscaped, great product. Anyway, we have, uh, we have. <laughs> so we, dumb. Anyway. So dumb. We have Oscar nomination reactions. Are we doing that Oscar morning this year? What are we doing? I no. could. If you want me to wake up, I will. And then we have. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a big morning next Tuesday. Uh-huh. And then we have a fallout show that is tradition here at Mike, Mike and Oscar, where any asinine ramblings and immediate reactions get corrected by a guest. We hope who's booked and uh, that'll be the end of your next week for us. There you go. Uh, it, it, it is time, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> it is time once again for Mike and I to have absolutely no sleep. And uh, this is this is where it, it goes. gets worse, Michael, because I have 28 tickets to Sundance movies virtually. I don't you're what a, am I going to do? You're crazy. <laughs> you're a crazy person. How many of those movies do I actually watch? <laughs> we'll get reports on them. That's for sure. Uh, yeah. you're, you're doing God's work there. And I will be uh, doing my part by editing this two hour long episode that we just had after our last two hour long episode. <laughs> wow. 
Wow. We need to stop this trend before I lose it. <laughs> Guys, when, when reality sucks, you can come predict the Oscar nominees with us. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar trying to make award season year-round. Without the stuffiness, we will see you all very soon. See ya. See ya.